Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Um, the NBA playoffs have begun, and I'm going to say something to you which I don't think I would ever have uttered, and yet, I'm going to convince you what I've convinced myself that it's true. Part two of Stanley Johnson is upcoming. Wait to hear what he says about Russell Westbrook and whether or not Russ should be back with the Lakers next year. But before we get to that, if I say the difference in college and NBA basketball, even if you're a serious hoop guy, what are you going to think? You're going to be like, man, the college guys, there's more energy. They play harder. The crowd's more into it. The pro guys, more skill. But not the same atmosphere, not the same energy, almost not the same sport. But then I was thinking to myself, self, um, you know, NBA playoff games, especially like Boston taking on Brooklyn, was an unbelievable atmosphere. NCAA tournament games, not a great atmosphere. Neutral site. Yeah, some of those neutral sites get pretty wild. Next year is going to be awesome with Vegas and Madison Square Garden and Louisville uh, and Kansas City for the regional sites. The Final Fours are incredible, and when the games are good, it's awe-inspiring. But it's not like it's a crazy, crazy image. Or it's a crazy, crazy atmosphere, right? It, it's just not. Um, what it is and what's special about it is the fact that there's 75,000 people in a building. It's the biggest and the best and the highest and the biggest stage. I would challenge you on anybody saying that the atmospheres are better in the NCAA tournament than they are the NBA playoffs. Regular season, it's not really comparable, although a lot of college basketball atmospheres that we think of aren't the same. Stanford used to be great. It's crummy now. Right? It just is. 
Washington used to be great. It's coming out. Some of that is the teams aren't good. Some of that is like Stanford. They just don't care. Texas building a new arena. Frankly, it's perfect size and smaller arena uh, than you think of Texas. I think it'll work, but there are plenty of wine and cheese crowds at the University of Texas. So I'm I truly believe that the NBA's atmosphere, while stale for many regular season games, is great in the playoffs. And the matchups are incredible. I mean, to watch Chris Paul and what he does when people try to make him score. So he scores. You know, people try to make him pass. Well, nobody wants to make him pass. He's unbelievable. He can't stop him from going right. He's just trouble. Um, and then, of course, you got the Celtics taking on Kyrie. And I, I don't mind Kyrie giving it back to the fans some. But, you know, telling your friend, telling somebody to, you know, S your D when you're on the way to the locker room. Like, just walk into the locker room, dude. Win the game and you win any verbal spat. He played great. Although the last three possessions, two on defense... They scored over him both times for layups and one on offense where he over dribbled when he got double teamed. You know, uh, th- those are those are unbelievable that he can play that well. And then, frankly, he played poorly down the stretch or maybe down a three possession stretch and they lose the game. Do I think they lost the game because he was chirping to the fans? No. Is it surprising that his defense was shoddy, as was the Nets' defense? No. But that was a winnable game one, and they may rue the day that they lost game one because a three-point lead with 40 seconds to go with those two guys, you should close the door and close the deal. All right, let's get to Stanley Johnson. Of course, when we talked to him in part one, it was about high school and college. Now we get to the NBA. What went wrong in, in Detroit? What was the journey like? How about the call-up he got this year? Wait till you hear why he didn't actually play for the Bulls, even though the Bulls uh, called him up. What's it like to play with LeBron, and should Russell Westbrook be back with the Lakers next year? Let's dig in. Here's part two with Stanley Johnson. So you decide to go to the NBA. What do you remember about the process getting ready for that. Um, I just think it was it was very hard. Like obviously, um, it's hard thinking about it from from the from the from the top looking down because, like my mom with my mom passing away, um, it was like that was very there for me. Um, so I it's hard for me to think about um, how I used to feel or all that type of stuff. Um, but as when, much as when I can she first, feel about when that. did she first when did she first get sick? She got sick um, when I was born. She she got diagnosed with breast cancer when I was born. Um, that was 1996. Um, so obviously, as a kid, you don't know you don't know none of that. Um, but going to the NBA. It was for me. It was weird. It was weird losing in the Elite Eight because um, I, I at that point I had never lost before, and it was like a. It was almost a, I felt unfulfilled. Um, so it was one of those things that 
it was Sean Miller who I had to talk to and like, you know, people who I trust. It's like, okay, this is the right decision to make to go to the NBA. Um, but leaving Arizona and knowing that I didn't put a banner up there will always haunt me. Like, it's always one of the things that I wish I would have done. I wish I could have done. I think I could have done. I know I could have done um, with the team around us, no matter who it was. Um, it just at the time, a time and place, that's just where I was at in my life. Um, so going to the NBA was, like, awesome. Like, I feel like my work ethic was always to that caliber of, of a player. Um, I feel like I was that caliber of a player since I was 17. Um, so, again, drafted and stuff was fun. Um, obviously, when I'm passing away after I got drafted, it was less fun. But talking about getting drafted in that process, it was it was just a process. Like, I'm, I've always been a basketball player, so, you know, I play against the best guys my whole life, UIBL or, you know, Pangos or any of these, like, you know, elite tournaments. I've always tried to seek out the best players. So I feel like at some point in time, the NBA was my next step. Um, and that's just how it like? happened. What, what, what was she like during it? I mean, obviously she wasn't well, but what was what was her input like? You No one, no one would ever know that she was like terminally ill. Like no one in the world would ever know that um, she was so invested in my in me, Stanley Johnson the um, second. She was so invested in what I had going on. Um, it was just very hard to. She's so selfless. Like it was, she was so selfless. It was, it's such a thing Like you know, even looking about it, looking back at it um, and I'll get older and I'll look back at it some more, but like, I wish I can be that humble. I wish I can be that selfless, but she would come to my game. She would drive there, you know, it'd be like things. Um, she would drive there and I just, uh, obviously like, you know, I don't want to make this about me and my mother, but, I appreciate that. Like, you know, it's like something that you can't recreate. Um, and obviously as a, as an athlete, but before I'm an athlete, I'm a person. Um, as a person, like it's, it's, it became hard at some point in time, especially when I got to the league and my, after I got drafted, it was June. I went to my summer league and like probably what, Four weeks later, I'm in the hospital. Um, and that's very hard to, like, you know, that's very hard I, to go I, through. Especially as a 19-year-old. By the way, this pod is actually about you and your mom. <laughs> so you don't have to apologize oh. for that for that one second. It's just about you. Yeah. It's just about your journey. Yeah, I don't want to, like, I don't want to make it because, like, what I, one, thing, one, thing, one thing I want to say, and... My mom would never, ever take a scapegoat. Like, my mom would never, ever, like, I think if my mom heard me saying what I'm saying now, she would tell me to be quiet in, in nicer terms. Um, that's me saying it in nicer terms. Yes. <laughs> Not yes. her saying it in nicer terms. Um, but my mom never asked for anything in, in, like, you know, 
in in retribution. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but in retribution. In return, she didn't want. She didn't yeah, she it was just, almost. It was always about like even when I was young, like you know, everyone. You know, I grew up how I grew up, and you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm not gonna like give you guys, you know, whatever it may be, but it was never like oh oh poor me poor me it's like this is our situation this is what you got to do yeah um so like you know even now like my mom would never you know my mom would never i i mom would i think my mom would would adore the fact that i'm like you know this is my son and he you know he still loves me the same but my mom would never like you know respect me like taking that taking it out because i had a hard time you know because she had a million hard times in her yeah, life. So it's like, I, I i get it but like i'll give you the perspective it's like look and my dad lived a lot longer i was really fortunate he lived till he's like 70 73 but it's still like <laughs> she was she was your person she's your mom she's your coach she was your confidant she was a lot of things and yeah. you know and 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 like when you're 19 and you're leaving college. You felt unfu- like you didn't fulfill your guy's destiny. You get poked in the eye playing Wisconsin. You guys come up a little short. And then you have to make these adult decisions about going to play in the NBA. And you're thrown into a new environment. And you're the young star. And then you have all of this. The most important person in your life is, is deathly ill. Like, that's a lot. And then she passes away. And your career, you're in a foreign city with a, with a coach who, you know, barely knows you. She knows you better than anybody. Like that's, these are all reasonable things to, to have thoughts about. And, you know, it's not an excuse. It's a, it's an explanation. And yeah, and it's crazy how the world works. Like it's crazy how like in 2015, when I got drafted, like mental well, mental health, was never really like it wasn't that huge but catch two catch 2021 mental health is everything yeah you know what i'm saying and like that was i think a part of like the growth and a part of everything it was like literally learning how to learning how to do learning learning that like learning how to understand that type of loss learning how to understand like where you're at learning how to understand like how to like not i would never say move on because you never can move on from from a situation like that but learning how to proceed and learning how to make it right you know what i'm saying it's not like everything's going to be all all okay but like a lot of people they they get try like not triumphs they get um situations or or problems and it, it breaks them down and i feel like one thing my mom, I'll say this, like she would always say no excuses, no excuses to anything, like no excuses. Um, so like kind of going forward, it's like learning how to like really deal with like real problems and not make excuses and deal with them things and get over them things. So like everybody, like no one, no one's going to live 157 years. Like, you know what I'm saying? No one's going to live their whole life. Everyone has at least to die. And everyone has to least to live. So it's like, how do you like, you know, balance back from those type of things? Um, was something I had to learn for myself because, like, obviously, for me in my in my journey, um, especially as a as a as a nineteen year old, like that was heavy for me. 
um that was big i didn't know it was big it was a lot of things going on like my mom died on the second the second week of of august in 2015 <laughs> um i had a training camp probably like four weeks later so it's were, you, like, were you with her i was with her yeah i was with her what'd you think about um I'm not sure I want to say. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you mine. <laughs> You're mine. So, so my dad was you know, like 70, I think he was 72, going to be 73. And I had been out in California, about in Orange County. This is actually, <laughs> this is a real story. So the summer before I'd come out and I had lived, we lived out here. I'd moved out here, taken a job at CBS specifically so that I could be in Orange County and CBS moved me back to New York, even though they knew he was sick and it really bothered me. And it, it, in some ways it was a blessing because they put my radio show on TV <laughs> so he could see me every I can't believe, summer. I can't believe CBS, by the way. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was, it was not good. I mean, you know, yeah, the president of CBS, I said, Hey, listen, my dad's really sick. This cancer spread his brain. Can I just get like, can we just like pause on this for like six months? And, and then let me just That's see if crazy. he can. And he was That's like, crazy. our business with you is in New York. Now, if you want to breach your contract, I was like, really? So my, my dad actually encouraged me to, to, to move and to, to do the move. And it ended up working out on some level better. And CBS, in all honesty, they were like, look, if you're going to go back, Go back, spend some time, take your time. Don't worry about it. But they wanted my show moved. So I came back in like September, uh, maybe yeah, September, that means October. And I went to his doctor's visit with him and I spent a couple of days with him. And I remember um, I was in the doctor's office and they said, you know, it spread, it was melanoma and it spread to his brain. And, um, I, so I sat in there with his, on his doctor's visit and the doctor was like, Hey, we can't, we can't do any more treatments. And they were like, why? Like, well, it's spread to his brain. And, you know, you're, you're coming up with all these scenarios or they're coming up, you know, they're older and they're like, well, we could do this and it'll get better. And this could be this. And, you know, I just kind of asked the guy like, is is that do we have any other options and he just said not really you know not really and um you know it was like it that was just hard to take and i don't know how your your mom was like my my dad was of the generation that they didn't really share things so had i not sat on the in on that doctor visit i never would have gotten the real end so then i went back and um Actually, Miles came and got me or said, hey, we're going to go play. We scrimmaged against Irvine Valley. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> you know, we're like, so late we're like, we're like in our late 30s. And Jerry Hernandez called and he's like, hey, man, I need some guys to run against my guys. And we went, we scrimmaged, we beat Irvine Valley, you know, a bunch of old heads. And it was fun. And then I was, I had this like severe guilt trip and I'm like, this could be, you know, my dad could you know, die tomorrow. And I went and played basketball and, you know, I got home and my mom was like, 
your dad wants you to play basketball. Like he doesn't want you to stop, just sit here and stare at him. Like, you know, anyway. Um, so then we, I went back to Connecticut and, um, we were coming out for Thanksgiving and it was two days before Thanksgiving. We were leaving the next day and he had a brain bleed, like in the middle of the night. So I flew out. And by the time I got to his bedside, I mean, he was under severe sedation, uh, sedation, sedatives, yeah, sedatives. And, um, his brain was bleeding and he never came to again, but I mean, you know, I remember sitting there it last overnight. And then finally in the morning, we're just like the doctor kind of said, like, we can shut off the machines or we can do this for another day or another couple of days or another week or whatever. But there's just, there's not, you just don't recover from these things. And yeah, I mean, I remember holding his hand and there's an Ohio state football game on in the background. He went to Ohio state. It's the hardest thing you're ever going to do in your life. So yeah, it was, it was, it's one that you'll, I'm, you know, you just, you don't have to share yours, but it's a, it's one of those things that you, you think eventually it's an, you know, it's like you said, it's a, everybody dies, right? It's just, it's inevitable. Um, but when it, when it happens, oh, it's a, because, because my dad was my coach and every afternoon was, he'd pick me up and then we'd pick up guys, we'd go out practice, we'd go do whatever and watch a million games. And then he wasn't, wasn't there. Um, yeah. But like one thing I want to add to your thing, I, I think our situation is very similar. The only thing I, only thing I would say is, is, is just like, for me, it's like, I would never, and I'm not at the place where I would feel like it's appropriate. Like, I don't know how to put words to it accurately um, to explain like you're that exactly how you explain it, how you just did. No, it's, it's, it, listen, um, you don't have, you, you because don't like have to. it's one thing. It's, yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't have to, but I'm I, one thing I do. I, I respect you. So I, 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 I'm not ducking no questions. Um, but the same feeling that your dad felt about you yeah. is the same feeling my mom felt about me. No question. No question. They're your biggest fan and they're there for you. Play basketball. You like, yeah. be happy. Like, yeah. do what you got to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? That type of stuff. Um, no, and, 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 the, and, and I'm sure this is probably part of it. Again, you can tell me if I'm wrong. But, you know, when you're struggling with the Pistons and they have all these expectations of you and you're figuring out playing against the best players in the world. God, you wish you had your mom right there. You know, cause she had, yeah, I, cause she knew you, you know, she's I, no one, yeah, and that, no one and believes that was a, in you. No one believes in you. Like your like your mom, nobody. And that's the, that's the thing that like, you know, is, is tough. And it's not like no scapegoat. It's not no way out. Like, you know, I made my own decisions. Like I, I've done what I've done in my career and my life. Um, but obviously like, you know, that's something that traumatizing is it's hard for anybody, like for anybody, no matter who it is. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What was, what, what do you remember about early on that first year, first year in the NBA, eighth overall pick? of the Detroit Pistons. I played mad. I played mad. I played mad every day I played in Detroit. I played mad. I just played mad. I was just mad. I was mad. Like, uh, I don't, not like nothing, like nothing crazy. Like nothing like I had, I had no, vin, no vendettas on life or anything like that. I just played mad. I just played mad. I played so mad. Like I was just mad at, I was like angry. Like, I just played angry. It was so funny, like, watching it. Like, I, I, as I do watch, like, every year, I like, especially now, like, I watch every year of my career, every summer, just to see, like, the subtle differences. And there's something I did, some things I did positive in those years and something I did negative. And, you know, even this year, some things I did positive and negative that I want to bring back or, you know, uh, um, I just played mad. I remember playing mad, mad. I was mad. I was mad the whole year. And then in the playoffs, I even came out even more. I was mad. What was the feedback you were getting from the front office? Did they, did they tell you, did they thought, did they think you were playing well? Did they think you were doing what they wanted? Like, what were they telling you? I think it was just a young player who just like did, did enough. Um, obviously, Sam McGunney had drafted me. Um, we had went to the playoffs that year. I did decently well um, for a rookie at that point in time. So it was about growing. Um, crazy enough, um, one thing I remember the most is 
I remember after my first year, they were like, you know, Kevin Love's going to be back. And, you know, can you put on a couple pounds to, to guard Kevin Love next year if we have to play against him? That's what I remember. Where were you living? I was living in the Valley. I was living in Los Angeles. No, but I mean, in, in Detroit, where are you living? Oh, uh, Lake Orion. Lake Orion to start with in Birmingham. So Birmingham's super nice, but yeah, Orange Birmingham's County, awesome. But it's not so Orange like, County. So it's like Orion, though. Like, like Orion's just as nice. Uh, so, but it, but it's not it's not home, right? No, and, far far from that. Right. So there's there's no like you don't have your mom, you know, you don't have your high school coaches. What it's like? Are you living alone? Do you have somebody live with you? How'd you how'd you handle? Um, it? yeah, I had I had my cousin with me um, for my first first year, and then I had my brother with me. Um, David Mitchell, um, after that, all the way through Toronto. So I came back home. What was, if, if you could change something uh, other than, you know, being angry, which I don't know if you can change that, right? Because it was just a state where you were in life. I wasn't angry. I just played mad. I wasn't angry though. I think you were. No, I was not angry. I was not angry. I was not you don't angry. Think you, were, you don't think you were angry? No, I was God? not angry. I was not angry. You were angry I was at not God angry. for taking your mom away? No, 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 no way, no way, no way. And I, like, I definitely want to like make sure that's clear. Like, I'm so like, I just like, I'm Christian, and I be- really believe in God's purpose. I, I understand um, that, but it's still reasonable to be upset. It's still reasonable. To no, be I was not. I played mad because I knew. I played mad because I knew. Like, I just want to throttle you guys. Like, you know, like my mom wants me to be this person. So, like, you know. I want to throttle you guys. Like, I want to like, you know, get all my emotions out on you guys, but not for one second that I ever like was angry. I was never an angry person. I got it. Like, and like, to your point, you're asking me, like the only thing I regret is not talking to a psychologist about like my personal problems before I did it. That's the only regret I ever have in my whole life is talking like, talking to a psychologist and understanding like yourself. What do you understand? What do you understand better about yourself now? Mm, a lot of things. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big onion to peel back. Um, but I'm just understanding that you're just a person. Like you, you make mistakes and, and you grow from the mistakes and, and you move on. Like, understanding like what life is really about and what your joy is really about. Like, I think, I, I think those are the things I've learned the most. Like I spent my whole life and I'll, I'll spend the you know majority of my life until I'm, you know, until I'm some age, you know, living and dying and, 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 and killing myself to be the best basketball player I can be. By the end of the day, when, like before I'm a basketball player, like I, I'm a family guy. Like I love my sisters. I love my daughter. I love, I love my mother. I love my father. Like I love, I love, I love my family. Um, and those things are very like structural before you can ever, before I ever can be a good basketball player, I have to be a good brother. I have to be a good friend. I have to be a good, you know, son. Um, and those things, like, especially going through a lot of things, those things get like, you know, they, they get mixed up and there's always like a life. There's a life to live. Like obviously basketball is my passion and I'll kill, I'll, I'll kill myself doing it. 
and I killed myself doing it for a while. But you have to understand, like, there's Christ, there, there's your, there's your faith. There's, there's Christianity. There's, there's other things than just playing basketball. Like, you have to understand, like, as a, as a, as a Christian man, like, you know, God is first. So you have to under, like, you know, that type of thing, like where it got to the point where you're so frustrated, like, you know, you're missing church. Like you have to go to church. You have to do those things. Like those are things that kept you grounded before you got to the NBA, before you did all these things Like you have to go back and do those things. Um, my mom was the, my mom was the biggest proponent. Like she kept me grounded all the time. And I guess when she passed away, that was like some of the biggest things I had to learn for myself is really committing myself back to God committing myself back to my, my faith and like doing it for myself. Like my mom would pray for me every day at 6am every day. I'd, I'd hear her in the house just yelling and screaming, God, please protect my, you know, X, Y, and Z. So like, you know, having to do that type of stuff for myself now is like, is different. Cause I have to get up a lot earlier to pray for, for me and my family and like my daughter and like, a lot of you know what i'm saying like a lot of different things and before someone would do that for me but i went like you know three two or three years without really acknowledging it and that really that hurts your life that hurts you the next year was the year that you got your your second year was the year that you got suspended and then sent down for a game to the g league what happened <laughs> i got suspended i didn't even know i got suspended um, I did get suspended. I did get suspended. Um, I was late to a shoot around. Um, Stan Van Gundy's like an uncle to me, and he disciplined me the right the way he should. Um, I went to the G League because I don't know, like that's what he thought was right. Um, I feel like personally, I should have I I should have did that. I got what I deserved. It was nothing more, nothing less. Like, I played a game there at the time. It kind of, like, woke me up a little bit. And I kind of was, like, you know, like, looking back at it today, I'm, like, proud of it. Like, I'm just, like, oh, thank you. Like, thank you for being honest. Like, thank you for, like, telling me where I'm – how good I'm playing. You know, I, I don't think I was playing well enough to be in the NBA at that point in time. So, for him to see me to the G League was appropriate. What, 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 but what was but at the time okay and look you like when you're when you're 15 16 you won a gold medal in mexico when you're like 17 lithuania 18 you know you're playing the FIBA americas <laughs> that you doesn't matter to, though this is the on, nba hold on. but i understand <laughs> i understand but you then you go to arizona then you get drafted like everything is going according to plan and now one year into the nba you're in Grand Rapids, Michigan, if even for a, for a game at the time, not now, when you have perspective, at the time, you pissed the stand, you know, was you, were you depressed? No, you I, was, I was really like, I remember because my sister was, well, she's not my actual sister, my sister, Allison, she drove, she flew down to driving me up to Grand Rapids. And the whole time I was like, man, these dudes sent me to the G League, I'm about to have a party up here. I'm gonna have a party up here. Like it's gonna be like awesome. Like I'm a I'm a you know I'm gonna show these guys why I'm not supposed to even be here. Like I shouldn't even be around here. So like I had a a ball. Like I had a ball. Like it was like to me like playing basketball, being able to play the whole game. Like 
come on, that that was a ball to me. Like I was, I I enjoyed every second of it. So it's supposed to be punishment. Like, dude, I get to play the whole game, take all the shots. Like, not exactly punishing me. Let's do it. Like you know, what I'm saying like, I'm like let's do it. Like, get you know, gotta, like gotta get those FGAs. Let's um, do it. Let's the, do the it. Other part, the other part that's interesting is because I'm really close with Pat Garrity, who's my teammate at, at Notre Dame. Wow. Obviously, he's part of that. Wow. And we're really close. And when he he. I was telling them to draft you when, when they draft you got draft you. And I remember when they started sliding you to the four and it's, it's fascinating because I mean, I, I'd, I'd only seen you in high school, play the point. I didn't see you when you're a freshman or sophomore and, and play point. And you, this was kind of right in the beginning to middle of when guys, because if you go back to when I'll give you a guy, Derek Williams, right? Derek Williams played the five at Arizona. And then he was drafted to be like a two, three with the Timberwolves. Cause back then to play in the NBA, you had to go down a position. Now you're back playing like four and you're guarding like big dudes. Like what was, what was that adjustment? Like Doug, I, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Like, uh, I love the, I love, I love the Pistons and, um, I went to New Orleans and, you know, I think the year I got traded is when the NBA went positionless. And I, I guess I'll just keep it at that. Like, Pat Gary to me, been nothing but amazing. Like, nothing but amazing. So, like, all them guys that I was with in Detroit, like, I have nothing but, like, they were all amazing to me. Like, we all, like, had what we did wrong and right. So, I'm not going to go, you know, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but in Detroit, we were playing positions, and the whole league was doing differently. Um, I, if you look at three years before I got drafted, I went from playing like the four to point guard to shooting guard, back to shooting guard to the four again, you know, and then even now I'm playing the five. Yes. So like positions really don't matter. Um, it's just about like communication and like what your responsibilities are. But you know, uh, when you used to have, when you used to bring the ball to court, that's a different feeling <laughs> when you're when you're setting ball screens. Right? Yeah, you know, man, having ball you know, you know just you. as much as I do, right? So, like, it's that, a definitely like, a different like, feeling. I think we all tried our best. Like, we all tried what, to do the what, right things. Okay, so what is I? I would tell you the the criticism of you. Obviously, people say you're shooting. But some, yeah. some, some, some would say, "Hey, man, he didn't work as hard as he 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 did when he was when he was a kid." Yeah, that um, to me. That, and let me say something on that real quick, because like, okay. I remember like at some point in time in my career, Stan Van Gundy had came out, and like I don't ever talk about Stan Van Gundy. Like you know, I believe like he drafted me, he gave me opportunities, so I'm not gonna ever like, oh my god, Stan Van Gundy was wrong. Like that's not it. Yeah, I think there was a miscommunication there. Like. I never, I have never in my life, like since I was 14, I've never in my life have not been in the gym pretty much every day of the week, twice a day. Like in the league, I started taking vacations. Like in my fourth year in the NBA, I started taking vacations like for a week, a couple of days at this point. So it's like, I think it's just a bunch of miscommunications that were just kind of wrong. But to say I don't have any work ethic, 
I don't think I don't think I, no, no one said no one said you didn't have work ethic. Right. I, I don't think that's I don't think that. And if I if, if you thought that I said that, I'm telling you, because my thing is like I'm watching you and I'm like, excuse my language. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like what? It's the like, fuck? yo, he's missing. A, he's missing all these shots. Like he's not getting better. This, that and the third. Like, OK. And that's on me. But like during that time, I'm not going to sit here and like whatever. There's no excuses. That's on me. That's on me. Like no, I was is it, all is they it, were saying. Do you do you think? But is it is it mental? I mean, I'll I'll give you the. I mean, like, look, dude. No. Okay. No. If you what put if you put a fish if you put a fish in the desert, it's gonna be hard for that fish to learn how to walk. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like one of those things. Like you know, we all have to learn how to walk. Like I have to learn. There's a lot of learning to do. Like, are you willing to do the learning? Like, are you willing to teach the person the learning? And we weren't able to do it fast enough. Everybody who I've ever got encountered with in NBA, even in Detroit, it's all been pretty much positive. But there's also been things that, like, I had to learn later in my career. And that's just a career. That's like how it happens. Like, not everybody's career is amazing. What, give me, give me something that you learned a couple years in that had you known earlier, boy, this would have been really helpful. <laughs> um, I guess it's being more open with people like where I'm from and how I grew up. Like I've, I grew up in a single, like people, people, I think people don't understand. I grew up, I grew up by myself. <laughs> I grew up with me and my mom. I didn't trust nobody. Right. Like my own father, like I'm not trying to put him under the under the pin here, but I really didn't start like talking to him till I was like 14. And even then it was like more of a thing. I just became grown. You know what I'm saying? So my mom couldn't tell me some things my dad had to tell me. So like it's just a it's just communication, as I would say, it's communication, like being able to communicate with people and like the way they can like get into a place where you can communicate with everybody, like get into people's like, go to them, like meet them where they're at. Instead of trying to be like, Oh, this is where I'm at. And you need to be here. Like meeting people where they're at is what I've learned. You have to do in anything is like meet people where they're at. Understand that, like be able to communicate with everybody around you. And that's the best way to figure out if you like them or don't like them. Cause if you can't communicate, you're not doing anything. Like, you're just, like, saying words, and these words are not even being, like, they're not even hearing them. They don't understand them. Both ways. That's nothing. And now it's just, like, assumptions all over the place. What was New Orleans like? Awesome. What about it? Alvin Gentry, Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, Everett, Alfred Payton, Etuan Moore, Frank Jackson, Jalil Okafor. Like, it was, like, one of the better locker rooms I've ever been in in my life. I, I played point forward there like I did in high school. So it made me feel like, you know, like going from like that to this. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I actually can fucking who? Like, I, I can play. Like, I'm actually really good at this thing here. Um, it was like a basketball. refreshing thing. Yeah. 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 Basketball. Like, I'm actually really good at this thing. Like, I'm actually really, really good at this thing. Like, I actually know what I'm doing. Like, you know, why haven't they been able to make it work there? 
I think they would be able to, I think they would be able to make it work if Zion played. I mean, Brandon Ingram is really, 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 really good. <laughs> like, he's great. CJ McCollum is great. Like, all the young kids that got over there, uh, Murphy, um, Marshall, um, the other kids. Um, it's, not, it's not just this year, but even when you were there, you know, with, with AD, oh, you know, they, he'd, get, he'd get hurt. There'd just be something that would always seemingly, you know, where they could never. Well, 80, really, 80, ended up, 80, 80 ended up leaving. I know. But, so, but before he left, before he left, that you could. But never, here's the thing. Here's the craziest part, though. Hold on, Doug. Hold on, Doug. Here's the craziest part. You say that the player, like, it didn't work in New Orleans. I get it. But every player who left, talking about Drew and AD to, in specific, they both got championships. I understand. So that that again, that almost that that actually makes my point, right? It's but not but for lack no, to to not make your point, they also fired the GM who the GM who traded for me. They fired. Yeah, they did a whole clean house. When you do a clean house, you there is no like you have to start over. Like there is no like they're 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 finally like this year when Zion comes back next year. That's now they have a team. Now it's like full. Like Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is like that's a beast right there. That's a beast. By the way, now, that means you're going to have that's like, you're that's five. That's like, that's like the Lakers. By the way, that's like the Lakers not having LeBron. I understand. That means you're going to have to guard Zion. I just say, if you want to play five, get a guard Zion. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to have to go Zion regardless, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> not having LeBron on your team or not having Zion on your team makes your team at a at a at a, def, at a definite deficit. What what is what is it about Toronto? Like Toronto, it's more than just well, hey, they had Kawhi and they won it that one year. Right. It's that even now they're able to be super competitive. I mean, I know, I know, I know you love Nick and you think he's a great coach, but what is it about that place, that culture that they're able to, they're able to keep it going. They're, they're have, they have good, they stack good year after good year after good year. Obviously yeah, I, think, I think it starts with, I think it starts with the, with, with the head of the snake. I think it starts with Tenenbaum, you know, Masai, Bobby, um, and then it goes down from there. Like the culture that they have over there, and I was a part of it for two years. It's it's so fruitful. Um, you can't really can't really knock it. Like there's no way you don't get better. Like I feel like I am an example of like the Toronto Raptors player development. <laughs> Like, well, what, what probably, specifically, like, if you could give me it, like give somebody who doesn't know, like what, what is different about everybody has player development guys. Everybody works out guys. What about Toronto? Do guys get better? What, what about their player development specifically? How, I, think it's, I think, I think, honestly, I think it's like passion and love, passion and love. Like they actually like love and care about your better and, your betterment as a man and as a player. Um, no matter if you're with them or not with them. Like they actually <laughs> care about that. I'm talking about to a person. So had you, so had you, and this, this is just a guess, had you gone through what you went through your rookie year 
in Toronto, maybe this whole story is That would have never happened in Toronto. Right. I know it for a fact, by the way. Fast forward to this year. Okay. Before the season, what are you doing? Um, Before the season, I was living at my parents' house. Um, I was working out. I went to Chicago. um, And I was in training camp with the Bulls for pretty much all the way until season started. What, What was that like? It was awesome. It was so awesome. What's what's um, Billy like? Words can't even describe how good he is at coaching. Like words can't even just like that dude is a is a bona fide leader, a bona fide great coach. Um, I just, he recruited me in high school, but like as a as a man, like talking to me as a man, like dudes, like dude, he's a good dude. Like he's a bona fide good dude. Like. Their whole thing over there are tourists, like good, good people, like great people. Like, I don't even know how to like words came to express like how grateful I am for having that experience. And even when I got cut, it was bad and I cried about it. Um, but like even getting cut, like I can't say like, oh, these dudes F me over. No, they didn't. They gave me a fair shot. Who'd they keep instead of you? Huh? Who'd they keep instead of you? I, you should ask them. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. No, you're in training camp. You know, you're looking around like me or him, right? You're not competing with Caruso. He was a new signee. Man, I asked that question, but <laughs> I think, you know, our tourists and them, they they, uh, they had a team that they, they felt comfortable with at the time. Um, when, when I had an opportunity to have a 10-day, I ended up getting COVID. I couldn't go back to the team. The guy who, the guy who got signed with me after I got COVID got signed with the team. When I got out of COVID, I got, I got signed to the team I went to, so I kind of all worked together. Um, what is that feeling like? And, and I remember it, I guess, on a on a very different scale, right? Like I got cut in the CBA. Um, I remember I was with the Lakers a- in summer league, and then I was late with the Lakers, and like they had like vet mini camps before their big camp. And Mitch was the GM at the time, and he was incredibly kind and thoughtful, but like. When he says he wants to see you, you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, but for you, what what's what's that feeling like? Of what what do you remember about how does how does cut, that actually work? It was weird because I never got cut from I've never got cut from any other team in my whole life. I know. I knew when our tourists called me that I was getting cut. I knew it for a fact. Like I knew it. I was like, there's no reason why he would call me in. For 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 a meeting, if we have practice, he might as well just call me after practice. Um, and and you know, obviously, I went in the meeting and it was super respectful, and they said what they said, and you know, out of respect for the conversation that they gave me, I'm not gonna like say yeah. the details. Sure. Um, they said what they said, and and we did what we did, and you know, at the end of the day, we moved on, like. Like I can do, as I said before, I can do nothing but respect their process of evaluating players. Um, so did you go right then to the G before you got called up or what, what, what's the process like you, you get, I you walk out of the building. In Chicago for, I stayed in Chicago for two days. I, I, I got cut in the morning. I cried. Um, <laughs> 
my girlfriend was like staying with me at the time where we were staying at and I got home and we went to get we, we went to get hot dogs and we just had a dinner in Chicago. You, you tell me I don't want to interrupt your story. OK, yeah, I, I always thought this and I it was only the only teams I got any sort of shot with were Lakers and the Timberwolves. But I always thought like every day you go in there, you start to get more comfortable. You know, like all the people who work there's name, you know, yeah. you have your name on a locker. You start to be like, oh, I could. And, and you would already I mean, like you've been in the league, so, you know, but even me never having played a minute in the league, you start to think like, oh, I could do this. And you you don't want to. Right. You don't want to think about where would I live? You don't want to think about what would I do? What would it be like dude, to get? I mean, any any human being get introduced to Chicago Bull uniform as United Center walking by the Jordan statue on the way to work. Like that's pretty dope. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's almost, it's almost like it just, it reels you in, reels you, reels you in. And then all of a sudden your dream gets stomped. So yeah. now you're in Chicago and you go get hot dogs and what, what I, that, that emotion's got to be really raw. Yeah. I was just, I was just more um, confused. Like, I mean, the same player I played like this year with the Lakers, like I was the same player then. Like, you know, like I didn't I didn't do anything different. I actually felt like I played better with the Bulls than I did with the Lakers because I had more time to like get to know like we all learned the system together. Like I was there from day one with the Bulls when Billy was putting in a system. So I kinda like understood it. I, I you know, I'm like learning at a higher rate than everybody else and like I had a little bit of an advantage at, at, at times and because I was really like committed to it. Um, so I know what you're saying, but honestly, there was like only thing, only the only part I was mad about is the actual feeling of being cut, which is all ego. It's never, it wasn't about like, like I knew I did my best. I knew, like I knew it. Like I remember, I remember telling my girlfriend, I said, honestly, like I know I got cut today, but I don't believe there was 15 players better than me in that gym. I just don't believe it. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't believe it. Like, I know, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I probably have to go to Europe or something like that. And you asked me like, what did you do next? And I was, you know, I was, I, I sent my two days there and I went home and it was, it was, um, but right after camp and I, I, I took like a week off, not a week, like a couple of days just to get acclimated and stuff like that. And I got back in the gym and I was just like, you know what, at this point, like if that doesn't work, then I just need to go work harder or, or do something that like, you know, I can show them that like, I'm, I'm good enough to have a, have a chance to play. Sure. Um, and, you know, crazy enough, you know, me and you were both close to miles so while I'm going through my free agency, you know, me and Miles are playing at modern day, like just like playing with the high school players and just catching up. I, I, we do this every summer, every year I've been in the NBA, every year I've been I mean, since, since my freshman year of high school, Miles always coming to the gym. Now that I'm a pro, I always like my, I always text Miles like, you know, in the summertime, like Miles, what days are you going to the modern day? He always plays. Um, crazy enough, we had talked about like he, you know, him getting the job, and he eventually got the job. And I remember texting him, "Congratulations!" Da, 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 da. Um, and then weirdly enough, he had texted me. I think after he knew I got cut, and was like, "Yo, like if you don't have no options, like you know, please co- like come play for me, like come, like if it can work out." 
So I was like, you know, Miles, like, honestly, like, you know, ah, ah, like whatever happened. And then I went to a guy, which is our, our international agent. Um, his name is Roddy. So Roddy went to me. He's like, Stanley, you know what? Like, you know, I really believe in what you can do. Um, obviously, you can go to Europe, but you might have a better chance if you can find the great, a great G League team. Just go to the G League. You know, with the pan with the pandemic and everything, you might have a chance to get called up and how good you are. Like, you know, you're like, you know, right on that list. Like you're not, you know, you didn't I know you didn't make the team, but like you're close. So I talked so Miles had already texted me before I went into the meeting. So I texted Miles and I was like, I was like, Miles, like, you know what? If I could play for you, I'd do it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like, obviously, like, I want to win. Like, I don't want to, like, I want to come to the G League. Like, we're going to do this G League stuff. Like, you know, I want to win this thing. And there was a, you know, there was a couple of conversations and they had a, they had a G League draft and all this stuff happened with my agency and stuff like that. So uh, it took a little bit, but we ended up figuring it out and I was able to play there for a little bit. Um, and it was awesome. It was like, so awesome. Like miles. So, I mean, so, so, and again, like you have to understand somebody's listening to this pod. Okay. They, they might not be grasping this just yet. So we're talking about Miles yeah. Simon, who of course also played Arizona, also played at modern day. Um, he and I have been best friends since <laughs> fifth grade. Right. And like, you were his guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like literally you, you were his guy. But you and know, so Miles, the, you know, Miles. Yeah. Right. So, to, you know, Miles. So, so, you know, so, you know, you know, you know how that one went. Yeah. So, but, but, but for somebody else who doesn't know you come now, all of a sudden you went from lottery pick to out of the NBA to go to Europe. What do I do now? You're playing for him in South Bay. What, what's that? I mean, you, I know it, it turned out awesome, but you know, <laughs> he's like, I was like a dad. I was like a dad to me. I know, but you have to also understand like, you think your mom was hard on you. You have no idea in comparison to his dad. My no, dad. Like, Miles, <laughs> Miles, like Miles. No, me and Miles are just as competitive as, as each other. Yes. He's, he's, the like, most com- you know, he's the most competitive human being I've ever met. Exactly. So Miles is like, he's first, like his first thing was like standing like, okay, like, okay. Like now you're, you know, I reach out to him. He's like, okay, well, hopefully you're not on some like, you know, Hollywood shit. Like, sorry for cursing, but like, no, but you hopefully you know, some stuff like that, because it's like, you know, my team and what I'm trying to do, that's not going to happen here. Like, we're going to win. We're going to win the championship in the G League. Like, that's my goal. And I'm like, I'm like, who, what, what, what do you think I came here for? I didn't come here to, to park. I didn't come here to score 40 every night. Like, I come here to win. Like, I want to I want to win. I want to be a part of something. I want to be in the rotation. I want to be a starter. I want, you know, I want to like. I want to play. I just want to have fun. Like, I want to enjoy this shit. Like, um, so like the first couple, the first couple of practices, it was like, we didn't even have a, fir- a full team. Like my first practice, it was like four and four to start with. Um, but eventually like we figured it out and I know right before I left, we, I had a game in Utah. We were rolling. Like we were rolling. That thing was awesome. Like it was awesome. Like Miles had us like moving like an NBA team. Like we were practicing and doing things and 
making these rotations. Like a lot of our guys, like Cam Oliver went to Europe, top league in Europe. Mason Jones, Mac McCullum just signed with us at the end of the season. Um, Paris Bass got two 10 days with the Phoenix Suns. Myself got signed. Shondi Brown got signed to the Atlanta Hawks. Jay Huff was a two-way with us the whole year. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we had like seven, eight NBA players the whole time. When we first got there, we were all just in the G League. That was it. A lot because of Miles, because he's a, you know, you obviously you know how competitive Miles is. He's a he's a hard butt. Like he's he's not he's not gonna sit there and take anything for granted. So it was a lot, you know, we had to like get on his level as, as a team. Um, he challenged all of us, like all of us at a time. And I think the best part of it is that he's a really good dude and he's a player. Like he's been through this before. So his communication level was like on another on another level. Like he was he was very good to all of us um, per man. Um, where were you when you got when you got called up? Utah. How did it happen? Oh, to the to the to, to the to the Lakers or to the Bulls? Well, first to the Bulls. I was in Utah. Uh, I was getting ready for a game we were playing, and my agent called me. Like we had a shoot around. Um, obviously, I was in shoot around, like classic story. And my agent called me like five times. I called him back. He was like, "Yeah, you have to get to the airport because you're gonna you're going to Miami right now. You're you're gonna play for the Bulls." Um, I was like, "Damn, awesome." Okay, so how'd you find out you had COVID? They just told me not to told me not to come to the meeting in the morning. <laughs> wait, wait, so like, did you you land there and they tested you, or what? what how did it, no, how did we landed there. We landed there. I had a practice. We we landed there. I got there before the team. Um, I was there like the day before. Um, I got there. We had practice, and then we had. We had so I got there the day before we had practice. Then after practice, um, the next morning we had shoot around. I went to shoot around, and then before the game, there is like, it was like, yo, you have to take another test. Just stay in your room, like you know, don't go, don't go on the bus. Take another test. And when the test came back around like six o'clock, games at seven thirty, I was like inconclusive for COVID for COVID, so I couldn't play in the game. And that's how it started. Um, the whole time I wasn't, I don't think I ever tested positive for COVID. I was just inconclusive in different levels. Um, so I never got an opportunity to play for the Bulls again. Um, that whole time. That's crazy. Um, this is a random question. When you go to sign with the team on a 10 day, but you don't play cause you have COVID. Did you get paid? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So you're inconclusive for COVID but you didn't actually test positive, yeah. but you didn't get to play. So, okay. So, and again, this is the, you call your agent, like what's next. It was like, it was like, it was Russian roulette. Like at that point in time, the, the, the COVID like, you know, thing was going around, people were testing out and stuff like that. And my agent, my agent's talking to the NBA about like where my levels are and trying to get like, get cleared from the NBA so I did the whole 14 days and it happened to be like I had I had like two or three teams all the way up until the 23rd. I got out the 24th. So on the 24th, like I'm sorry, I got out the 23rd that night. On the 24th that morning, I flew home and I went 
I went Christmas shopping for my daughter. So I went like I had a workout in the morning because I hadn't worked out in two weeks. So I like I got up at like 4 a.m. and I, you know, went running on the I went running on the street, went to a shooting workout, then went to a conditioning workout, then did a skill workout. Then I went Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. So I'm sitting in like Nordstrom's or something like that. And my agent called me again. He's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel great. I just worked out. But I'm like, you know, I'm like capping because I'm like two weeks. I'm I'm two weeks. Like, I'm like, I feel great because I just got through like a, you know, four workouts in like six hours. I feel great. He's like, he's like, do you feel like you can play tomorrow? I was like, yeah, where, 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 where do I need to go? He's like, oh, just downtown. I'm like, I'm like, for the Lakers? He's like, yeah. Like Christmas Day? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'll play. I'm like, cool. Let's do it. So I'll call you back. Call me back like five seconds later. Like, yeah, you're in. It's like, I just want to make sure you're okay to play. Like, you haven't played in a while. Like, are you good? I'm like, I'm like, I'm okay. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and the next day, like, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I was in the, I was in the lineup. Um, what's that like? Like, look, you've done a lot of things. Okay. But walking into the room, AD, who you play with before. But then LeBron's there. Love. Did you, huh? Love. It was love. It was love. I remember walking to the locker room. Everybody's like, yo, what's up? Good to see you. Happy you're here. Like, let's do, like, let's, come on, bro. I'm happy you're here. Like, it was no, like, awkward, weird tension. Like, I walked in. Everybody's like, bro, good to see you. Like, we've been seeing you work with the G League. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ah, da, da, da. Like, ah, da, da, da. like, you know, we got to, you know, let's get this win tonight. And then, t- you know, tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll ingrate you in our system, but like, just come in. We're happy to have you like play hard, help us out as much as you can. I know it's hard for you, but like, it was me and Darren Collins at the time as well. So it was like, come in, do what you can do, but tomorrow we'll get you in the system and you'll learn a little more. Um, so it was, it was all love. Like it was all amazing. Like, they gave me the Lakers gave me every opportunity to be awesome um, from the time I got here. I can say that. But how do you, how do you like, how do you go play if you like literally haven't practiced? What, what do you, do you just go and hoop? I mean, do they tell you like, all right, here's a couple sets real quick? Like, what do you no, do? I just, went, I just, I just, I went out with Phil for like an hour before the game and tried to learn as much as I can learn, but I just went out there and hooped. Like, I've guarded James before, so I knew that would be one of my assignments. And I, Fizz was a coach, and me and Fizz have a little little history. And, you know, Fizz trusted me enough. Like, he came in for the game like, Stan, you're going to have to guard James tonight. Like, I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. Like, whatever, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Let's go. Um, so he put me in the game, and – Things just happen. Like it just happened so fast. It just happened. Like things just happened. I, you know, it wasn't nothing like we drew up at all. Like Frank had just got COVID. Is like it was all a, it was a big COVID game. You know what I'm saying for all of us. Like, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It wasn't that long ago, but you forget. Like all the assistants got it. You know, some of the, the players got it. It was. It was. That was a crazy stretch. Um, yeah. When did? When did you know you, you that they were? When did you know about the the contract? 
Uh, after the game in Brooklyn. So how long ago later was this? I mean, I saw like three, 10 days after that. When you get when you get to so, like day nine, when you get to like day nine and day ten, what's that feeling like? I mean, at that point, I already got cut that year, so like, well, how how worse can it be? Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, I'm like, well, if they're gonna cut me, man, I guess they cut me. Like, like at this point, like I already been cut before, so it's not, it's not like I I, I accept it. It's just like you have to deal with it. Whatever comes to you, you have to deal with it. And then. When they when they signed you to a, what, a two year deal, when did you yeah. when did you find out about that? After the game in Brooklyn. So who came up to you? Rob. Rob was like, "Listen, man, like you know, you've done a good job, and you know, obviously, like we want to have an opportunity to to keep you on for another year. Um, we would love to, you know, also, you know, obviously give you a guarantee for this year, but also next year we'd love to have the option to sign you for next year as well." And I was What's like, that feeling like? Say less. I don't even know why you even. I, I, I don't even know why you even came over here and told me that. You just could have just told me to tell me thank you. You, you could have just just said congratulations. I I would have been I would have been okay with that. <laughs> but the fact that he brought me inside and you know broke it down to me and gave me a real like you know a real respectful talk. I was really appreciative of that. Um. When did you, uh, you know, because because you were so energetic about it, it maybe it, it took you longer. And like there were times really that season where you're like, all right, they're close and everybody gets healthy. They'll be straight. And then there was always something. Somebody hurt, you know, you'd lose a close game. There's always something. When did you know it was going bad? When we lost to Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, a week ago or whatever it is now. Why? What was different about that loss? We're, we're finally out. So you always thought you guys would turn it around. Yeah. I don't What's think, it? I don't think any, I don't think any team in the league or especially in the Western conference would say, yeah, I, w- I would love the Lakers to be in the play in tournament. I would love the Lakers to be like the eighth seed or the seventh seed. I would love that for, for, for us. I mean, so everybody, every you got everybody's best shot. Oh, for sure, for sure. Everybody's healthy when we play. <laughs> everybody's like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. And and it's it's everybody's mom is coming to the game when we play. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's the Duke. Duke talks about it all the all the time. Kentucky, Kentucky talks all the time. They they only storm the court when they beat us. You know? Yeah. Everybody's healthy. Everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to play hard. Everybody wants to, which is fine. Like, you know, like I expect that every night from everybody, but it's very weird when it gets to a point, like I got to a point during the season at some point in time where it was like, dang, like, cause I've never been on a team like this before. Me personally. And it's like, dang, like it's crazy. Like guys will be out for two weeks and then we play the Lakers. Like let's play. Like there's a certain person on a certain team that only the whole month he only played one game. That was versus us at home. <laughs> uh, the most impressive night playing with LeBron so far. <laughs> Man, I could just I I can pick last night. Last time he played, 
that was impressive. <laughs> like, um, man, I think his 56 versus the Warriors was crazy. Like, was he 56 versus the Warriors? Was he, was he telling you guys, like, just, I got it tonight? Like, what, what is he, what is he like when he's got it going? Uh, we've never seen them like it. Like he's, he's just a special, special athlete. Um, he's so cerebral and he's so God gifted and he's so talented and he's such a good person. Like it makes his teammates cheer for him. It makes his energy on the court charismatic. And then also his talent just takes over a game and like defeats the opponent as well. You know, it's like a trifecta that you really can't like. It's like a surge, like it's a surge. It just happens, and it's like all the energy goes to him and his teammates. Um, if you ever played like two K and you get you have your my player, and once you get to a point, where you have a team takeover. Yeah, it's like he's always on team takeover. <laughs> like you get team takeover, your teammates are on fire, and every other team is cold. And that's how I felt. Like they couldn't make a shot, and he was just like his energy was just vibing through the court. How, how can you be a part of changing this thing and turning this thing back around? I mean, I think I, I, I think, I think for me, I can just keep being myself. Like, um, I believe, I believe that um, everyone has a has a role and everyone has a place, and I think. Um, I'm a positive person and my intentions are only winning. And I think if I can bring that to the table, no matter who, if I were to come back or weren't to come back or whoever comes back, if I were to come back, um, I think I fit with anybody. There's, you know, there's lots of dudes. I mean, you know, when you guys make the playoffs, Frank gets, so Frank gets fired. What's that locker room like? Did, did you guys know? I mean, I think most people. Assume. I think we 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 knew after the game, and that 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 to me, I think Frank deserved a little better than that, especially the way it kind of happened. Um, I think we all have accountability for what happened. Like it was not Frank Bogle's fault, but it seems like since he got fired, for you know what I'm saying? Yeah it seems like it's, oh, like, let's blame it on Frank. But, like, Frank and his staff, like, they did nothing but help us. Like, they did nothing but help us. Like, we all could have been better. But they, we did we we did nothing that we ne- – never at no point in time did we did we ever n- not try. Yes, we were wrong. We all were wrong, players and coaches-wise, front off, everybody. Because we lost, right? But yeah. – no one like Frank Vogel never for even at, even the last game like the, like he's drawing up oh he's drawing up a play for us to win the game and, and to get it to overtime like it's thirty three seconds left we're down five or or forty five seconds left, we're down five he's like we're gonna win this game we're gonna win this game like we're gonna win this game and to me like that epitomizes like him as a like he's not he never quit he's not a quitter like. Not any point in time, like we go in the film session, we watch even losing, like we're trying to figure out how to win. We're not, he didn't, it was never no pity. He never gave us a way out. He never, 
didn't call people out. Like we, we did everything we could do. Um, we just weren't, we didn't, we weren't good enough. If you were going to give somebody advice who's coming in the league this year and they played a year in college, just like you, they've been all everything. McDonald's all American, you know, crushed in college, coming to the league. What's the best advice to give to somebody who is your age? You better strap your boots in and get your get your shit together. Because these are these are some lions in here. There's some really good basketball players. These guys are just as just as committed as you are. These guys have been more committed for longer than you have been. You just strap your boots in and get ready for some for some controversy. You need to get ready for some for some up, ups and downs. And get ready, get ready, get ready to get ready to fight for yourself because you're gonna figure out who you are as a player when you get to the when you get to the NBA. You're six seven, guard every position, right? Take LeBron out of the mix. Yeah. Who's the hardest guy to guard for you? I mean, go down the list then. <laughs> if LeBron's you, out, who's next? Yeah, Kevin. you tell you tell you tell me. Kevin. Yeah, what do you do there? You just kind of be, try to be physical with him. I don't know. It's, I don't I know. Mean, I try different. Like shot, I try. Right? I try different things every time. I try to deny. You know, try everything every time. Um, you can't do nothing with him. All right, who's the sneakiest? Like everybody knows about him. I'm sure Giannis is hard because he's just arms and legs and strong, and you know, the whole court spread out. But outside the guys that we know, right? There's the guys that everybody knows. James, M, Braun. Who's a guy who people wouldn't think, but like, bro, this guy is tough. CJ. What about him? He, he, he never has, he, he never is in a place where you can stop him. He keeps his dribble. He navigates the court. He, he, it's almost like he just walked with, like, especially if you can just walk with the ball everywhere how good you would be. Like the ball is just a string to your body. Like you just walk with the ball everywhere. When, when you want to stop, the ball stops with you. When you want to go, the ball goes with you. Like CJ, like he has the ball in a string. He just does what he wants. Like he does what he wants, stops when he wants, goes when he wants, makes shots when he wants. He can play good defense and he'll still make the shot. There's a lot of guys in the world, like Jason Tatum, like, Jalen Brown, like I can, I can go off on a, a lot of different guys that people don't. I think don't get the respect that they deserve. But just recently, obviously having the, a little heated games versus these guys, um, CJ stands out. I feel like everybody gets just due credit, but CJ gets a little less credit than I think he deserves. Fair enough. If you were to give somebody advice whose parent just died, cancer, right? Cancer doesn't don't have to be an athlete, but you're you're young, you're in your twenties and your parent passed away. Now you're now a couple years later. Well, how would you advise them to, to cope with that? Don't grief? fight it. Don't fight. Don't fight it by yourself. Be humble. Be humble enough to understand that you need help. That's not cocky. Be humble enough to understand that you need help. Um, it's traumatizing. Like go get help. Go talk about it with someone else other than your family and other than yourself. In five years, where are you? Mm. In five years, I'm probably 
a pillar of a franchise in the NBA. How do you get to where you shoot more consistently? Work ethics. There's a mental aspect of it, though, too, right? Yeah, there is. There is a mental aspect of it, but mentally, I mean, mentally, you, you got if you ain't if you ain't mentally there already, you're not gonna get there. But the work ethic puts you over. Has there ever been? Has there been a moment where you thought maybe I just don't want to do this? Maybe I'd... never. Even That's with never been getting cut, time. even with getting sent down, never. even with switching teams, switching towns, never, never. Who t- who talks the most shit? Um, Bev? No, D book. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, the he's like he's like he's like, he's like a, a samurai. Lot. He's like a samurai sword. He cuts you. He cuts you deep. Like what? Like Joel Embiid's good too, though. Yeah. yeah, he's a big goofy fucker. Yeah, he's good too, though. He's like oh, he's like. He's like, you better get your little ass out of here. Oh, he's a freak. <laughs> he's a freak. <laughs> he told me, he told me this year, he's like, he's like, I, you know, I'm playing the, I'm playing the Switch 5, right? Yeah. So he's like, man, you better get your little ass out of here, man. Get your little ass out of here, man. <laughs> I'm about to, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, bro, he ain't going to be, all that shit you doing tonight, I'm sorry, I'm going to battle your ass tonight. He's like, he's, like, he's like, no, 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 no. You gotta get your little ass up out of here, man. I ain't having that. And he 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 started wringing his head, wringing his hand over his head. He said, throw this. He didn't play no games. Straight post-ups. Straight block. Like, throw it to me. Let, you know, let me guard him. And it was funny, but. What, what is that? What's it like in the locker room when they're booing you guys? I mean, look, you grew up in SoCal. You know, people love the Lakers. I don't know. I don't think the Lakers fans booed us this year. You got booed? Yeah. Who got booed? The Lakers did. That's when, that's when, that's when Melo started. We got booed? Yeah. A little bit at home. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. You been out there hooping, not even hearing it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice that. They were cheering for us when we were almost out. Versus Denver, our last game at home, or our second to last game at home, they were on their feet the whole the, the whole fourth quarter. So I don't, you know, they might have been booing because we were playing bad at the time, but they weren't booing us like we were bad. They didn't boo us. They might have been, you know, down a, a lot of points, but they weren't booing. They weren't booing like you know, like that. Who's the person? Who's the person? Like Braun has like when Stafford showed up or Aaron Donald show up. Like he gives him love, right? But there's there's like a who's who at Laker games. Now you are a Laker. Has there been anybody who you look, you're on the bench and you're looking you're in the front row, you're like, damn, I can't believe it. Is that Denzel? I gotta go say what's up to Denzel. Like, is there somebody who you've been on the bench like, man, I gotta meet that dude? I guess being from LA, I, I guess I, there's been nobody. Um, the guy who I like to see at the games is Floyd. Um, Floyd's always like, he's always super cool and just sits there and chills and enjoys himself. You know what I'm saying? He, roll, All, he rolls know, in he, deep. He rolls in deep. My, my, man, my he, he, sit there, my, he sits there. He sits there just with, my, with my, one of my friends, Jonah. He just sits there. Um, but he's he's always, he's always you know, guys, little security guard and stuff like that. Um, but he's always, a, he's always a pleasure to watch because in the summertime when you see him, he, he'll tell you about how you played the, in the season. 
because he's watching. Hey, watch this, pays attention to everything. Stan, man, I really appreciate your time. Really, really man, appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Hopefully, uh, and what you're gonna do is you're gonna hit me now. I, I tore my I tore my ACL hooping last summer, so I'm just now back. But I'm gonna I'm coming when you're at Modern Day this summer. So man, hit me. We, we, I heard my, if, I heard if you just need somebody to feed you at first, and then when we start playing, that's kind of all I do anyway. I was Rondo before Rondo. Okay. No, 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 and except Rondo wins shooting contest. I just yeah, I, I get you. I, I'll set you up. You'll be in good shape. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. I appreciate you as well. All right, man. Thanks. Have a great night. And thanks for joining me. Yes, sir. <laughs> Told you it was pretty good. Right? Did I I I do not lie to you. Did lie to you. Um, Ryan of the Doug Gottlieb Show, daily, three to six Eastern, twelve three Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app as well. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Reminder to download, subscribe, write a review, and rate this bad boy. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Thanks to Stanley Johnson. This is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.